Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Bee, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to lighten and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I'm bringing a fantastic guest to you. Uh, Lakin Hunter is a lifestyle and business strategist, and she helps women make money doing what they love to find their purpose in their pain. Hi, Lakin. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Amazing. We just had a little mini conversation before we taped, and this is going to be such a beautiful, beautiful message to bring to people on really shifting their per- perspective on pain, using pain for purpose, you know, using it for, for to find your power and your calling. And so I'm just so excited to share this story with the world. I'm so excited. <laughs> so you guys, you are truly, truly in for a treat because this woman has been through so much and she is going to get real raw and vulnerable with her story here with you. She's got it's funny because we were we were jamming a little bit earlier and she said you know at one point in her life she thought I'm not very interesting and as you really started to dive into all you've experienced in your life so far you are a very very interesting woman very interesting woman I know I'm only 25 wow this woman has lived so much you guys and and she's really a true survivor of going through the struggle feeling all the grief, all the pain, but also knowing that it's okay to live life and enjoy your life while you're grieving and growing. So I'm just going to dive right in with you, Lakin. We're going to go after it. And let's just start to share with the audience kind of where the darkness all started. I know you have like four big bullet points of transformation, but let's kind of like take it all the way back to where you really started to have some road bumps in life and then we'll move through those to show people the transformation that you've made now okay so basically whenever I was a sophomore in high school I got pregnant and that really reshifted everything obviously you know that's a a big bump I was 16 I was in a relationship for a year and it was good, but I was raised in a super Catholic family, so it was a little bit hard. My parents didn't take it super great at first, but, you know, we came up from it. My parents are super supportive, but, it, you know, obviously that's just something that you don't ever envision for your daughter at first. So we really had to reshift, and it was really tough at school. There were a, a lot of bad rumors and a lot of negative things said about me, and I was judged very heavily. I didn't really have a specific group. I was kind of, you know, one of those floaters in high school. 
So I really had to reform everything, and then I asked the principal if I could just do half days. I really wasn't comfortable spending a whole day at school anymore. So I went down to half days and just kept on trucking along with my head down. And the next year, my junior year in the fall, I had my daughter, Kylie, and she was an absolute, the best shift in my, in my world. So mm. I really needed that to kind of re-put me back on my path. Like I think about the path that I was going down as a teenager and looking back at who I am now and then like what I was kind of aiming for, it doesn't align really. Mm. So that was huge. Like that really just pivoted me. And I, you know, that was really hard because you know, trying to juggle how to be a mom at 17, how to still have friends. Oh, I have to start applying for colleges now. So what does that mean? And, and it's such a vulnerable time in your life, too. You know, when you're going through your teenage years, you're so fearful of judgment. I know that was a really big thing for you. It was just like, what are people thinking? What are people saying behind my back? And that's going to pop up throughout her timeline, you guys, as she's sharing these stories. It's like judgment comes in at the littlest things, but then also as the at the really, really big times, it just comes in full throttle so strong and it can become so painful and it can keep us trapped from enjoying our life because we're so afraid of what other people are thinking so I'm so so proud of you for making the adjustments in your life continuing through and then on the other side you have this beautiful human being that um you know without the judgment the joys in life come with the judgment right they just do we can't avoid it yeah, it's just, it's always going to be coming. Somebody's always going to be judging you for something that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to focus on the joy and not the judgment, you know, the outcome of everything. So tell us the next phase. So we have, we go through that big trauma, big triumph. We have kind of the balancing act here. And then what? Then, so I continued on. I was kind of pushed into doing healthcare as my major. I applied to colleges. I found a college about an hour and a half away from home, and I was commuting back and forth. My sophomore year, it seems to be the trend of my sophomore years. (laughs) (laughs) A sweet spot Um, in your life. Yes, that seems to be my kind of not self-sabotage, but, you know, like that little thing that my life just seems to kind of throw a little curveball. But um, my sophomore year of college, I was studying to be a nurse, and I had a major accident, a car accident. I hit black ice, and I was flipped multiple times, and then my car got stuck upside down, and I was unconscious. They were able to come and get me. They used the jaws of life, got me out of my car. I was life flighted, and I remember waking up in the ambulance but they were getting ready to go kind of take me to be life lighted. They were doing this needle prep test and I had no idea what was going on. I just said, where are you taking me? Are you taking me to Punxsy Hospital? I'm from Punxsutawney. So we call it Punxsy. Um, <laughs> so I took me to Punxsy and they said, no, we just called life flight. You're going to be life lighted. And I laughed. I thought she was joking. Mm. And I had no idea. I looked down and I was bleeding down my leg. Uh, my arm was all messed up and I felt nothing. And I said, oh, well, this is going to be a problem. And so I was lifelighted. I went in and out a little bit on the helicopter and I woke up with the light shining on top of me in the trauma unit. And I just started bawling. Like, I just said, I can't be here. 
the doctor asked me, are you in a lot of pain? Where's the pain? And I said, no, I have finals tomorrow. I need to get out of here. Isn't it amazing how, I mean, I, I just want to touch on this for a second. Thank you for bringing this, like painting this crazy picture. Your body is literally unable to perform anymore, right? But yet our mind jumps in and goes, hey, we have these responsibilities, you, you, you crazy person, like get up out of bed and get moving and get going and keep going and do all the things. And your body is literally telling you no, no more, no more. Um, It's a, it's just, it's a reflection of how powerful our brains are that every day it, it tries to trip us up and lie to us and tell us things that are not true when our body holds the truth and it's telling us exactly where we're at in this exact moment. So I think that that's amazing that your brain was just like, hey, hey, we, we got we got somewhere else to be. Time to go. Run away. Run away. You know, it just it had I had no idea what was going on. I just, you know, like I was hardly able to form real sentences. I severe I had a severe brain injury and I had broken bones. I didn't really know what was going on, but I just, I said I needed to get out of there. I had my, my finals. <laughs> um, so it was just, it was a lot to process. I stayed in the hospital then, and they, I left in a massive neck brace. I came home. I went through some rounds of therapy. It turned out that the, the, te- the potential loss of my left side was not super like it wasn't major so it was actually just temporary it was a jolted jolted nerves multiple from the impact wow and it was through inflammation then once inflammation was relieved and once I was a little bit more rehabilitated they were able to work through it and I you know my left hand I still don't have as much strength in but as you know but it's there so but really it was the the speech therapy that I really had to go through I had a bad stuttering problem I still have some memory problems with remembering what I'm saying to people and talking about but we we made it through it and it was you know it was a it was a rough part of my life but we we came out of it pretty and well y- you know what in that whole experience you could have had the perspective of poor me I'm a victim oh why is all this happening to me all these things that go through our minds of just like I mean I went through so much pain I don't know how to pick myself back up but I loved what you were sharing earlier with me that the purpose of this moment in your life was you know share with the audience what was the whole what do you feel like your perspective shift and the purpose of this moment of pain was for you? So I was always kind of living for tomorrow. Like I was always, you know, like, let's not worry about that today. You know, it can, tomorrow is always another day. We can get it done tomorrow. And I really wasn't doing what I was loving. Like, I was a nursing major. I, I'm not a nursing person. Like, I'm just <laughs> not. And, you know, I was just living to make everybody happy. I was you know, just pushing everything off that I wanted to do in my life for tomorrow. Mm. And then it was a big realization. One of the three of my very good friends in high school died exactly one month after I had Kylie. Wow. She died in a car accident. And I guess that kind of just kind of gave me the same feeling of, you know, how I felt whenever the whole town had grieved these three boys. 
and you know like that could have easily been me like my car rolled three times and rolled down over an embankment I wasn't wearing my seatbelt my entire car like I was driving around four my roof was down below where the headrest is like it was down at the base of seat like mm. to like the middle of my back that's how compact my car was there was like literally no logical explanation on how then a while later I would have been able to walk out of the hospital it's so such a good reminder that we are all here on purpose with mm-hmm. a purpose and you had said to me earlier you know it taught me to stop living my life at half speed like let's go at full throttle let's work through what we're grieving and allow ourselves to grow let's use our loss in our life to find love in our life let's use our heartache and heartbreak and grow and get healing where we're at because we don't deserve to live our lives at half speed we deserve to live it at full throttle so i'm thank you for sharing that piece of perspective with us um, in regards to your pain and then after this fast forward to 2019 you had two other major things and and I mean talk about resilience babe like these people that are listening are just like wow I mean I thought I had it bad right and we can't compare pain to pain pain is just pain and everyone's pain is is right exactly where it's supposed to be and we we feel what we feel but it's just a good reminder to all of us that you keep going through. This is called life. It's this roller coaster of this dance of pain and joy and anger and bliss. It's all of the emotions all over the place, but we really have to learn how to harness our emotions and grow through these difficult moments so we can really enjoy all the beautiful things that are happening as well and not miss out. So fast forward everybody to 2019. This past year has been been a real challenger for you. Tell them about this. So I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at the end of 2018. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I have to reshape the way that I'm going to eat. I have to actually start really investing in my health. You know, I was having some really debilitating symptoms and... I just was very frustrated in the fact that, like, I'm, what do you mean I'm not going to be able to eat a regular cupcake? Right. Oh, that would trip me <laughs> up right there. That's my favorite food. So I would just, I would lose my mind with that. But it, but it's but it's the real deal, too. And, and for listeners who don't really understand what autoimmune disease is, can you describe a little bit of what that, what that feels like in your life? So it originally, I always had issues with eating. So, like, I would get a little bit of pain whenever I would eat. Like, my stomach would just be really upset and just, you know, I would feel like crap afterwards. I would just feel really fatigued. I never felt, you know, that burst of energy, feeling great after eating. Mm. And I really understood why. And then I would randomly start having these body aches. My joints would swell. I would get these really bad headaches. And everyone just said, oh, it's a migraine or, you know, it's just normal. But, like, these things just kept on kind of piling on top, but nothing was falling off. It was all just coming together. Yeah. And I never understood what was going on because I was not old. Like, I was 23. Mm-hmm. So, and I couldn't understand why I was able to relate to my grandma's knee pain 
Yeah, so like food is literally affecting your body. There is no more denying it. It's like, it's not just a little bit of poof here and there. It's like, I literally am being affected by food. I can no longer deny that that this isn't an issue. Right, this food, based on what autoimmune disease you have, these different foods can be triggers and they're causing inflammation in your body and any foreign inflammation your body doesn't know what to do with it and it just starts attacking different places Mm. so it's not able to work anymore so if you're eating these foods that you're not supposed to eat for your body you're just helping this disease grow Mm. so you had no choice you had to go all in with a new revised diet plan regardless of your love for cupcakes exactly (laughs) i did not know how i was going to be able to like them whenever they didn't have all the other lovely bad stuff in them (laughs) i am here on the other side and i have found recipes that i like so it's not so bad (laughs) but we so we made it but it's the difference that i feel today like i never had that overwhelming energy like that i could run around all day like i really felt like i needed to at least have 10 hours of sleep to be able to function and you know I always thought that maybe it was just like the anxiety or the depression or you know something just weighing on me and that's just who I was Mm. whenever I shifted my diet everything changed wow and I love your perspective here again it's it's really like keeping perspective to the pain it felt really painful to have to choose to not always have the things that you've always had before in your in your diet and in your in your uh, nourishment plan but you shifted it and went hey look at how i feel now that i get to eat like this that i get to nourish my body like this that i get to serve this huge this vessel that i've got um in this way what a beautiful change instead of being like well poor me i just have I just have this autoimmune disease, so I guess that's life. We'll just live with it. It was like, no, I'm going to shift the perspective here. Yeah, and I am so happy that I did that because it was like, why did I actually enjoy eating these foods? Because I felt like crap after. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't serving me in any way. And, you know, it's like that, you know, whenever you go and grab that last piece of pizza and you know you shouldn't have eaten it, but now you regret it. Yeah. And that's feel about my entire life like I have reshifted I've done multiple different like health tests to figure out what foods are right for my body because everybody is a little bit different and so I've been able to reshift my entire diet and the plant paradox has been a huge piece in that as well wow life has been serving you up so many beautiful opportunities for growth and the biggest one yet you're about to talk about so let's dive into the biggie I mean they're all they all feel heavy and hard but you shifted all the ones before, so I'm positive we're coming out on the other side with this one. Tell everybody a little bit about the biggie this year, or this past year. So, March 2019, my husband is in IT. He was offered a promotion. So, they came back with saying that he was remote at the time. He, they told him that if he won this promotion, we'd have to relocate to Washington, D.C., Well, obviously, my husband is not the same man as um, my father's daughter, so we knew that was going to be a little bit difficult. We had an outstanding custody order with her dad, and it was going to require us going back to court, and we knew that that was not going to just be an easy task for us to do. So 
we filed a motion for us to be able to relocate. And in a few months, we were expecting to be able to go back to Scotland to be able to visit his parents and go to Spain for a week as well to be able to take a little vacation with them. And we found out that her passport was expired. Mm. And he had requested that he would sign it for her to be able to go, and he denied our request. I was able to turn around and then refile with the judge and ask the judge if he would permit her to go. The judge sent out an order for her dad to sign it, and so he had, he had signed it then, and she was allowed to come with us then. And that was in April, and we had to sit for a few more months June came by, we were able to go and go on our vacation. I knew that our court date was coming up in August. And, you know, I had to learn how to, you know, enjoy my time with my family. My parents came with us to Scotland as well. And we had such an amazing time. It's just, you know, not a lot of people get to go and enjoy these times with their families or, you know, be able to slow down and watch the world pass through their child's eyes, being able to go to castles and be able to go for tea parties and pass over all these big mountains and to be able to take her into a field to go feed reindeer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just all these experiences. And But in the back of my head, I'm just still thinking about this court date. Like, are we going to be approved to move? Graham is already living, my husband, he's already living down in Washington, D.C. What if we get denied? Uh, what are we going to do now? Right. It's all, it's all that future thinking that gets us tripped up in our brains so often. We just rush to the finish, finish line with so many what ifs, what shoulds, what coulds, and it, it really taints our moments for enjoyment because we're living in the future. You know, I, I, I tell a lot of my clients too, what if that doesn't happen? What if everything you desire happens? Let's live right now in that energy and not in the energy of what if all the bad shit happens, right? But so often our brains are just wired to keep us safe. So we fast forward to the worst possible thing that could happen. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to go have this beautiful experience with your daughter and all the while having that in the back of your head, which is hard for most people to do. So you come back, you're in the courtroom, moment of truth what what's going on through your mind in in this experience so this full-on custody battle custody battle we get there we had to be there at nine my lawyer said maybe this will take like four hours start to finish we didn't really know what to expect i'm a crystal girl i took all my crystals packed (laughs) it all over my body (laughs) i didn't really know what else to do at this point i was just like you know it's certainly going to help me in some manner so it's not gonna hurt so we i had my rubbing crystals in my hand i was on the stand for about three hours wow I kept my rubbing crystal going because that's that's my grounding point, I think, you know, to keep me focused rather than kind of losing and caving to the emotions. I was getting very overwhelmed at the thought of why is she asking me these questions now? What's going to happen? It's that judgment piece. It's, It's all the way back to teen mom time, right, where you're getting judged by your classmates and judged by everybody. So that continues to build up through all these scenarios. And then you find yourself sitting on the stand and you're judging, you're judging yourself for what other people are going to think. You can't help but go to that space, right? So what a brave thing to just 
sit and try to ground yourself so much as you're going through so much pain. It just, it was a very, that was the hardest part, I think. Whenever I look back at everything that has happened, I think that has been the hardest part. Mm, absolutely. Because, and that was my major shift. Like, I had to learn, I'm a very emotional reactor, and I don't do well under being judged, and, you know, that. but then I was like, why do I care about being judged? But obviously that time it matters mm-hmm. to be judged properly. And so it was just, you know, I just had to keep a hold of my emotions and to stay focused because that's all that I could do. And, you know, so nine hours later, we, the judge came back in and he announced that he was going to let us relocate to Washington, D.C. I just felt like everything inside of me melt. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to do. Like, I thought for sure, I was like, definitely whenever the end, whenever this is all over, I'm just going to bawl my eyes out. I'm going to be so relieved mm-hmm. and everything. I looked at my husband and I said, I want Chinese food. <laughs> What do we go? What do we go for after we've been through so much? It's like I just need comfort right now. Bring on the orange chicken. Here we go. Oh my gosh! So we went. I indulged. That was like a cheat meal for me. I ate some Chinese food, and so the judge had said that she needed to go with her dad for two weeks. But this was two weeks before school started. So mm-hmm. you know, Kylie was starting school in two weeks. And we didn't know where she was going to be starting at. So I just, she went with her dad, and I said, let's go get some Chinese food. We went, got Chinese food. I laid down, and I took a nap, and then he had to leave to go back to Washington, D.C., and then it just started our craziness of getting ourselves all packed up and moved down. What do you feel like was the biggest lesson in this pain point? Patience and control of emotions so beautiful it, it your emotions are there to show you something yes they don't always there to you don't always have to react to them just acknowledge them show your gratitude you know they're there to teach you something but you don't always have to act on them mm-hmm. and that was my biggest thing is i always used to act on my emotions oh i feel anger let's act angry or i feel sad let's act sad Sometimes you just have to sit back and just acknowledge them. Sometimes it's okay to, you know, act them out or what, whatever is right in that moment. But it wasn't appropriate for me to act out my emotions towards the people that were making me feel very frustrated. Yeah, I love that. I love that this comes up because I talk to a lot of clients about it's we cannot control the outcomes in life. We don't get to control. Obviously, you didn't get to choose all of these fun things to grow through, right? But we don't get to choose the timing of it. We don't get to choose the outcome of what's going to happen to us when, where, or how it's going to happen. But the one thing that we get to control is how we respond to every single situation and how we shift our perspective and our relationship to pain is one of the greatest gifts that we can give to ourselves. It really is because we can stay stuck in the hurtful emotions and or we can grow with them nurture them love them care for them and then respond to life from the highest version of ourselves which is the best thing we can do so i love that you've just through all these experiences you've been able to really shift and change and grow and honor yourself where you're at because wow what an incredible ride you've been on and you know it's not over yet but you do know that no matter what life tosses at you you're going to be able to shift your perspective respond to your pain in a way that serves 
you as the best human being that you can be. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that today. Do you have any tips and tricks for people listening to shift their perspective in these moments of pain? I think it's very important to always understand there's a silver lining in every day. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to identify like what are you grateful for today even if it was just a nice conversation with a co-worker mm. or you know the simplest things maybe you smiled at somebody at the grocery store it doesn't need to be the, the biggest thing whatever kind of made you feel a little bit you know warm or happy inside feel grateful for that recognize that because what you recognize and what you acknowledge you're attracting more of that so yes. not necessarily as a magnetic force if you don't believe that but, you know, if you're looking at everything in a negative way, you're going to see everything in a negative way. If you start to see some things that some things are able to be positive, even though we have this really crappy thing going on on the side, we can still live our life and still love it and enjoy what's happening every day and just not necessarily sweep everything under the rug, but still live our life. We don't want to slow down just because something is happening. You know, something's always going to be happening, but we want to keep on fulfilling ourselves. We want to keep on going on with what we love. And, you know, if you cave to whatever is happening right now, you're going to lose joy in everything. You might as well try to, you know, put the smile on, act like you're happy, go to the gym, go to the grocery store. Even if you don't have to do anything, just go be around happy people and you're going to feel that energy and they're going to talk to you and you're going to feel okay. Mm -hmm. Like every day passes. And you get a little bit stronger every day. You know, you're going to get through this part and you're going to wonder how the heck you got through it, but you're going to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. We're still standing. You are living proof that you can grow through your pain. And like we said earlier, that you can enjoy life while you're hurting. You can enjoy the day-to-day things while you're grieving. It gets to exist together. Those emotions of joy and grief and pain and bliss can all be a collective in your human experience, in your body. And gratitude really is the greatest gift. So thank you for sharing that tip with the listeners. It's so, so beautiful that we can really humanize and normalize heartbreak and really expose it. Um, You know, we all have pain. We all can heal our pain and we don't have to hide it. So I just honor you and appreciate you bringing your stories and your truth to our audience today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to share it. We're all just, we're all this loose piece of mold. And, you know, every, every experience we have is reshaping us. We're always not going to be put in the kiln yet. We're still always being reshaped and redefined. And this is only just going to help us continue on with our journey and our purpose of, Mm. however, you're not going through this just because of, for no reason, you know, this is going to teach you something at the end of it. Mm. There's light at the end of this tunnel, and you're going to see it, and it's going to help you get through this next thing that you're going to be facing. Oh, spot on, sister. Spot on with that. It, it's just like priming you for the next roller coaster ride, for sure. So tell our listeners, where, what, are, what are you up to? Where can they find you and all the incredible things that you are doing in, in your work? So... Uh, you can find me on Instagram at I am Lake and Hunter and on Facebook at Lake and Hunter. And I am really working through women that want to start an online business. I help them through strategy 
and how to get systems set up, but also how to work through these mindset blocks because success is 80% mindset and the other 20% skill and systems. So it's really important to identify what's happening in there that we can shift and reform to be able to help you surpass this next goal. So, you know, I'm there to help through the judgment. I've, I understand this judgment phase and it's hard to kind of show up online. Yeah. So I'm there to help women, you know, see that, you know, we don't want to be living at half speed because we're being afraid of being, we're afraid of being judged. Right. You know, why are we living a mediocre life just because Karen from high school is going to be judging us? Right. Thank you so much for bringing that beautiful balance to other people in this world with your gift in this area. It's just such a beautiful thing to be able to pair the mindset with the business strategy. So I have a few closing questions that I ask all my listeners, nothing to be afraid of, but uh, there are two questions. The first question I always ask is, what do you love most about yourself? Oh. Um, I would say that I'm able to laugh through it all. Mm. You know, I can find humor in every situation. And that's my way, that's part of my resilience, I think. Um, not sitting in sorrow. Mm. Just finding something funny about a situation. And, you know, I joke about it. And that's my way of kind of getting through it. That's great. We all need to laugh at ourselves. I, you know, we all got to be weird. We all got to laugh at ourselves and know like we, none of us are perfect. So that's, that's excellent. And then the last question that I have for our, uh, for our listeners is what does joy feel like? Joy feels like being uniquely you, being able to be completely 100% me, being able to express myself being able to live at a hundred percent and love it Mm -hmm. that's it that's it (laughs) that's amazing thank you so much for being on cup of joy the podcast today i've just really enjoyed our conversation and i know that so many people are really going to love understanding how to find new perspective through their pain so thanks for being here thank you for having me we'll talk soon Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.